Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Monday, June 14, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, A number one is the market finished at new highs. There was one of those end of the day jam sessions, if you will, Looking at a 15-minute chart, you see what happened into the end of the day. Basically, let's call it the last 45 minutes of the day, the market decided to take off like a bat out of hell and just finish at new highs. What was the catalyst? I'm not sure there was one. They do this. We've seen this routine before. They do nothing all day long. And then out of nowhere, a bunch of buyers appear. They drive price higher into the end of the day. We call this an end of day jam session for inside the numbers members. We didn't necessarily have a beat on that today. The market didn't do anything all day long until that happened. What does it mean is the question or does it have meaning at all? And the net net is the market's at new highs. So therefore we're in no man's land. That's it. We can just take it for what it is. We take it at face value. It's the duck. If it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, it's a duck. The market's at new highs. It's not bearish, it's bullish. But what do we have on the table that could change that scenario this week? And that's really what I want to discuss in the front end of this video. So we have a number of things on the table. A number one is Kabuki Theater. What's Kabuki Theater? The Fed meets. They have a meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday. It concludes on Wednesday. It's called the FOMC meeting. They have the FOMC announcement following the meeting on interest rates, and then there will be a press conference following all that stuff. I call it Kabuki Theater because the market waits on the Fed. It anticipates what the Fed's going to say, what the Fed is going to hint at, what the Fed is going to do in terms of interest rates, not do, signal into the future, all that stuff. So the market, whether it be the gold market, the interest rate market, the stock market, the orange juice market, it doesn't matter. Almost every market under the sun ends up moving Wednesday afternoon. So therefore, it is by definition Kabuki Theater. And by the way, here's furthermore why it's Kabuki Theater. Because the Fed could move one way after the Fed announcement. Let's say it's up. Let's say it's down. It doesn't really matter which way it is. They move one way, and then all of a sudden, sometimes an hour later, sometimes the next day, the market will move in the other direction, and therefore they have to look for ways to reinterpret the same information to suit the movement of the market, a la Kabuki Theater. Everything's backwards. It's hard to see it. It's hard to wrap your head around it unless you're in tune with it understand it, and you're looking for it. What else do we have on the docket this week? Well, I'll tell you, we have quadruple witching options expiration. Four asset classes, basically everything under the sun, expires this month. It's quarter end. We have a futures contract roll, so futures are expiring. We have options expiring. We have everything expiring, so therefore, We can expect weird stuff to happen, and you can't identify in advance what that weird stuff is. Weird stuff may be in an index. Weird stuff may be in an individual stock. It may be in a commodity. It may be in all of the above. It may be in none of the above. It's an awareness type of situation. 
It's quadruple witching, options expiration week, the same week we have Kabuki Theater. So really what that does is it gives the big institutional traders, let's say the folks on the options desk, let's say the folks on the futures trading desks, it gives them a license to move the markets and blame it on something else. They're also discussing taper tantrum. For those of you that don't know, several years ago, when the Fed was trying to reverse its monetary policy and was threatening to extract liquidity from the market, the market had a temper tantrum. They called it a taper tantrum because the Fed was going to taper, therefore the market had a taper tantrum. So therefore the media has been talking about taper tantrums. So here's the thing on that. All of a sudden we see new highs today. Are they talking down a taper tantrum? Does that have anything to do with it whatsoever? Doesn't really matter. It's not provable one way or the other. We're just talking around things here. One thing we do know is volatility should be back this week, at some point this week. It's a trader's best friend. Light volatility, no volatility, no market movement is not a trader's friend. You can't make money unless the market moves. By the way, one more thing on the whole Kabuki Theater quadruple witching options expiration. It's also a license for a couple of other things. It's a license to move around AMC, GME, and any of these other so-called meme stocks that they've been moving around. Who's they? Is it the Reddit crowd? Is it the retail trader? Is it the institutions? Is it the big money, small money, all of the above? It doesn't matter. It's all of the above. If a stock is going up, there's more big money chasing the stock up. And if a stock is going down, there's more money chasing the stock down than there is to support the stock. That's really all you need to know. Knowing or who you think is moving the stock doesn't help you make you money. Knowing where the stock is going, where overhead resistance may be, and where support may be, that's something worth knowing. Anyway, it's a license, meaning this week is a license to move these things around. They can move them in a big way, they can move them up, they can move them down. Have no idea which way they're going to move them, if they're going to move them at all. It's a guess, it's a gamble, it's trader's choice. What about inside the numbers? The reality is we didn't have a whole lot going on, but we'll go through the notes. We'll go through stocks on the move. We'll circle back to them. There is a service announcement that I want to make sure everybody's aware of. Tuesday will be an abbreviated day. I've got something going on. It is what it is. It happens from time to time infrequently. So after about an hour, that's it for me for the day. That's directed at Stocks on the Move members. Now, let's see what we have in the early thoughts. Hovering around the old highs, hovering around the highs. Keep pushing, or is there a pullback in our future? We don't know and won't pass judgment. We have to wait for the market to get open, see what the price action's going to be, and we'll take it from there. We have no choice. They're at new highs. There just is no point of reference. Mondays generally start slow, especially in the summer, and we can say the summer doldrums are likely here. It doesn't mean it's going to be dull all summer. We could have some fireworks during the summer. No pun intended. But for now, we go with the duck. Right now, the duck is quiet. If the duck wakes up, we'll talk about it. Right out of the chute, 
We're talking about Kabuki Theater, expect a slow market. We hear they're waiting on the Fed, quote-unquote. Those are air quotes. And so that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you think the market's quiet and you think other traders aren't doing anything because they're waiting on the Fed, then what are you going to do? You're going to do the same thing. Most people tend to follow the herd. And in this case, when the market is quiet, not doing anything, that actually is the right move. So a few minutes into the day, nothing going on. They were just in an early chop shop formation. So let's get to something that means something. So 10.02, we've got a number on the board. Actually, let me circle back. It was 9.31. I missed this one. 9.31, 4.23.25, give or take, will be some initial support. So that's the only number from a support perspective that we really had right out of the gate early in the morning. And here's where it was wrong, 4.22.80, and they can fall more. So that was what I thought right out of the gate, but we have to see them trade out a little bit. So here we are, no change. And then at 10.02, and they weren't doing anything leading up to 10.02, 4.23.25, down to 4.23, or a spike of it, still should represent support. So now, a few minutes later, they came up short of that. They started bouncing away. So that changes the thing for me. Let's go to a chart and see what I'm talking about. Let's get the visual. Five-minute chart, right of the vertical, today's activity, 423 and a quarter is the line, and you can see what happened. So the fact is that when they came close earlier and started bouncing away, and you know the way I am, that changed the trade for me. Who's to say that, and forget about this big green candle here, who's to say that they might not have continued lower after eating time off the clock over the number. And that's what I was looking at, and I have to paint by numbers. And actually, what that did was, turned out to be within pennies, low of day, tested many times, and then they took off into the close. Who knew? Other than knowing some numbers. Looking at a 15-minute chart, you can see they were just dripping, retesting, but dripping all day long. So the fact that they tested this a number of times, it wasn't that important to me that they stay above 423 or hell's gates were going to open up. It was just the near-term support number, and therefore, when they were just dripping and floundering, that's not enticing for a long trade. There was nothing here saying they were going to take off like a bat out of hell into the close. So we're moving along, and what I urge you to do is simply pause the video, read the notes. There's not a lot more going on because the market wasn't moving all day long. It stayed in a very, very narrow range until into the closing bell. So there wasn't a lot to say. Read the notes, go back to the chart, double check the work. Stocks on the move. There were four opportunities on the board. One hit its price entry objective. It was Big Mo. What happened with Big Mo? Entry of 47.91. Never got to the second entry, went back above the first. It was just a dud. Nothing more, nothing less. Here's where things will start to get a little more interesting when we look around the horn at a couple of other markets because, again, we have divergences. So while divergences can confuse the issue, if looked at properly, they can also help clear up the issue because with divergences, you know a certain thing is going to happen, one thing or the other. Either the markets that are diverging in the southern direction are going to turn around and catch up in the northern direction, or vice versa. 
the markets that are diverging in the northern direction are going to turn around and go down south. So we know one of those two things is going to happen. So what we do is we now look at our favorite market leading indicators, we peel back the onion, and we have what if. So we know if the IWM does this, then this, and we use them as a gauge for the overall health of the market. So what do we have here? Well, they were down a third of a percent. We can't make a federal case out of a third of a percent, and they did rally a little bit into the close, but not nearly the same as the SPY. So the fact that the IWM isn't leading to the upside, that's a puzzle piece, it's on the table. And now we know it was certainly not a broad-based rally into the closing bell across all markets to the same magnitude. We don't even have a leading market leading the end-of-the-day jam session. So that's also food for thought. What does that tell you? Well, it tells you I bring back the conversation of quadruple witching, options expiration, kabuki theater, and it looks like maybe a little bit of shenanigans into the close. I'm not saying it was. I'm not saying it wasn't. We don't know. It's unprovable. But we're just going to go with maybe some shenanigans into the closing bell in the S&P 500. Period. Full stop. Now, after the Fed, or even before the Fed, if we find the IWM clearing the highs made the other day, then they're going to be retesting the former highs and likely breaking out to new highs. If they recapture this trend line in the southern direction or underneath the trend line, then we focus on the moving averages, and if they lose those, good night, Irene, but we're far away from anything like that. Usually, these trend lines will have a test, a retest. They will be support before they're broken. Can they just cut through them like a hot knife through butter? Well, using Kabuki Theater as an excuse, certainly this week would be a candidate if they were going to do that. What about the folks down at the Transportation Department? Now, we've got the same thing going on we had last week. They've already given up that breakup candle low. Now, they've given up the 50-period moving average, and they're making a bearish, flaggish kind of thing right underneath using the 50-period moving average as resistance. So this is interesting in and of itself. There's no health in the transports. There's no health in the IWM from a short-term perspective. Long-term, we can't say it's in a downtrend or anything, but everything starts somewhere and things start small and they morph from there. We know that's the way the market works. Could a destination over the next couple of weeks or more be the 20-period moving average for the transports? Well, the answer is, of course, it can. And over time, as price goes sideways or goes lower, the 20-period moving average will be going higher, and it will meet price. So it's not necessarily price has to come down all the way unless it does immediately to the 20-period moving average. But they're both going to move simultaneously. And by the way, all three apply, meaning price can go sideways, lower, and higher, and the 20-period moving average over time is going to move up until such time as price turns down the 20-period moving average, which it has not done. So let's just have a teachable slash learnable moment for a second, and let's say, let's identify the 20-period moving average. It's 14,664. Okay, 
Now we're going to say, sometimes they touch them and go, and sometimes they spike through them, and they go lower to some other destination. So what's below 14,687, or wherever the 20-period moving average will be at the time? Nothing real obvious on this chart, except the big fat round number, 14,000. It's kind of a wide zone, but let's see from a different perspective what that might look like. So let's get some noise into the equation. Instead of clearing up some noise, let's insert some noise and go down to a daily chart. Now we have something different to look at. So here's immediately what I see. So right away, I'm not really going to look at that 20-period moving average because I don't see anything on the daily chart that sticks out at like a sore thumb where I would want to take a trade. Maybe this was a breakout area. Maybe it gets support in there. But it's not really a well-defined breakout area, so I'm not really going to pay attention to that. But I have two other things all of a sudden. I have a 100-period moving average, and I have the big fat round number, and somewhere in here, guess what, is a breakout area. So there's a gap in here, and you'll see on a shorter time frame that gap will be accentuated. The market spent a lot of time eating time off the clock, going back and forth in this area before breaking out, making a high, and now it's coming back. So what's it doing? It's coming back somewhere. So it's coming back to a destination. Is the destination the former breakout area? So somewhere in this neighborhood, and I'm just using round numbers, I'm doing this in real time, no calculator, I'm just giving you an eyeballs perspective of that's where they're going. Teachable moment. What about the folks out in Silicon Valley? What's going on there? How about new highs? Again, so new highs in the SPY, new highs in the Qs, Kabuki Theater, quadruple witching options expiration, no surprises, no coincidences. We just let them go when they're in no man's land. If they happen to put in a sign or signal of a trend change, so be it. Where do we find those? Those are taught in the course, lazy e-mini trader. Other than that, we just let them go to new highs because ultimately they will come back down. I heard that somewhere in some law of physics or something or other. Look, that's the neighborhood of the former high. They're breaking out. Maybe they go up for another day or two. Maybe it's a false breakout. We don't know yet. It's one day. They closed at the high. We haven't seen the benefit of the second day yet, which would be confirmation day. What happens if they come right below it? Then there's a false breakout. It's options expiration, Kabuki Theater, the whole nine yards. If they go up for another two or three days, we have a different set of circumstances on our hands. We don't know yet, so therefore we need more what? We need more data. Big data, small data, we need more data. Here's some more of these divergences. So all of a sudden, again, no accidents or coincidences, the financials are down and we have the Fed on deck this week. The financials, if you have to pick one sector, the financials are going to be most sensitive to the Fed. Why is that? Because interest rates are really the Fed's department. Financial stocks are very sensitive to interest rates. We know all that. Is this a pullback before the next leg higher? Or is this foretelling that the financials might not like what the Fed has to say? We don't know yet. What about Smash Mouth? Well, guess what? Smash Mouth is lagging the cues in terms of making new highs or not making new highs, but they're above all the moving averages. The trend is your friend until she throws you out the second story window. And we talked about this all last week. What were they doing? 
they were eating time off the clock above the moving averages. What happens next? Well, if it's the duck and it's using the 80-20 rule, well, the breakout or break up, I should say, is the next thing that happens. What's happening now? The breakup to where? The next areas that would be an important pivot. The first one would be right up here, but guess what? They ate time off the clock right underneath that. So that's not really going to be resistance. They're going to go challenge this high over here, which is basically the same as this high over here. So that's where they're going. It's not rocket science. If it's a fake out and we wake up to a gap down for some reason or other, that happens, we'll discuss it. Probably unlikely before the Fed announcement Wednesday afternoon. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.